0: Welcome to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. This is episode number five, where Jeff talks to Bill Blackman from William Chris Vineyards. Hi, I'm Jeff Cope, and if this is your first time listening to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. In episode three of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast, Jeremy Wilson talked with Chris Brunette of William Chris Vineyards. Today I'm with the other half of William Chris and that would be Bill Blackman. Thanks for joining me, Bill.
1: Oh, I'm glad to be here, Jeff.
0: So in the previous podcast, Chris said you handled the vineyard management here at William Chris. So tell us about your background in
1: viticulture. Uh, well, I started growing grapes years ago, Jeff. It was uh, 1983. We planted our first vineyard uh, north of Lubbock, shallow water, Texas. We planted Cabernet, and Blanc, and we just had a little experimental block. It was about a hundred vines of. Uh, that's hard to even remember now. I think it was Roussan, but that didn't really go for us. But it was uh, Cabernet and Chenin Blanc, thirteen acres in nineteen eighty-three. Wow. That was a, quite a while ago, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, thirty. I guess thirty years in the business or so. My daughter said, though. No, it's thirty-one, Dad. Wow. <laughs> so. Yeah. So,
0: so we asked uh, some listeners of the podcast uh, about any topics they wanted to hear on the podcast. And one person suggested uh, learning like what the process is for a winery contacting a grower through the growing season, what happens, the communication, and then uh, actually all the way to the end where the grapes show up at the winery. And yeah. It sounds like you have. Definitely that knowledge with the vineyard experience and obviously the winery experience, right? Uh, so right. It, can you you know, talk us through that process. It's
1: very important for the, uh, you know, vineyards and uh, the winery to, you know, stay in touch through the growing season, because um, you never really know, changing in weather, uh, crop load, what's going to happen. You know, the winery needs to project what's uh, going to happen at, you know, the end of harvest and. Then the grower needs to project. Well, what does a winery need? So it really starts before you even plant, the, plant your vines. You know, you want to t- the winery that you're growing fruit for. You want to grow fruit uh, that they need and they want. What's in their program? Um, I'm not saying that there might not be uh, a grape that they, they're not using that they would still love to work with. So you know, very important to keep in touch with the, the winemaker and the the vineyard manager as far as, you know, how things are going, you know, you could uh, end up with a hailstorm or a frost and lose half your crop, and the winery's expecting so many tons to come in uh, at the end of the year, and that you bring in a third of the, the crop, and there nobody knows, they've got budgeted and tank space for so so many tons, and so it's uh, very crucial. Uh, here at William Chris, we we even work uh, with the managers. We, we grow about half our production and then outsource the other half with growers we know. Uh, one grower, Andy Timmons, is a great friend, a great grower up on the high plains. And, uh, but we constantly talk and talk about management decisions of, you know, maybe um, uh, if it's rain, you know, how much rain you have and uh, irrigation schedules and so forth, which is really on the Vineyard management end of it, but that can make a big difference in the end harvest, especially at the end of the season on irrigation, when uh, uh, you may be you don't want too much water, too much uh, water and irrigation on the vineyard because you're trying to ripen the fruit. But it's a fine line of trying to keep the fruit in balance.
0: So once harvest comes, what happens then?
1: Well, when harvest, you know, it it kind of starts. Um oh mid it, it depends on where the vineyard is. If it's South Texas it could start as early as uh first of July, but two or three weeks out from harvest you're checking bricks, so you kinda have an idea how the vineyard's progressing and the winery wants to know that so it's starting to schedule uh when this fruit's gonna come in. There's you know, is it gonna be in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? So that's a good indicator is the bricks in the vineyard and that's uh Keeping in touch with uh, the winemaker and, uh, and the vineyard is very important on that end of it for uh, scheduling the uh, uh, trucks, not only coming into the vineyard, but you know, can they get one to the vineyard, vineyard site to get it to the winery in time? And so three three weeks out, you're definitely talking to the vineyard manager and the winemaker talking together to keep that all coordinated.
0: So you mentioned Eddie Timmons and Lost Raw Vineyards. Mm-hmm. So say okay, it's time. It's time now to bring the grapes to Bloomcrest. What what right, is there? Right, right.
1: Well, you know, during that time, um, I'll go up to to Lubbock. You know, a couple of weeks, we'll Andy and I check bricks together. We walk through the vineyards and taste. We taste fruit, and it gets down to you know within a week or so, flavors are building and. Of course, I'm here and the vineyards are in Lubbock, so it's a matter of being on the phone. And then getting with uh, Chris to, you know, coordinate a truck to get up there and then the coordination of Andy's picking machine, whether you're hand harvesting or machine harvest. Uh, so it just really gets down to the last few hours, you're really doing a lot of communication because maybe, you know, this year we had at the very end, there was that... Uh, tropical uh, Pacific hurricane came across Arizona on into Texas, and really uh, we we had scheduled to pick like a day, and then we just it was Andy Paul said well we have to pick now because it's just just time to do so. Then you you kind of rush around and, and get everything worked out and uh, uh, get trucks up there, get the machine in there, and uh, get get it out of the field and on into the winery. So it's all a matter of if you don't have coordination, if you're not communicating with your vineyard manager, or your vineyard owners that are producing the fruit for you, that you can have some pretty, uh, there can be some downfalls there
0: in winemaking. So when you're, you're actually bringing the grapes done from, uh, Lubbock to here? Or right, yeah, those? they're,
1: they're, they're put on, uh, a truck, a reefer truck, so it's refrigerated. Then we bring them down here, and uh, then they're crushed and put in tank for fermentation or small bins okay. that we usually do. Yeah.
0: Great. Well, yeah. th- that should answer the uh, listener's question there. I think that should give good insight to everybody as far as the process goes. So I uh, really appreciate your time, and thanks for chatting with us.
1: Oh, absolutely, Jeff, anytime. It's always a pleasure to have do. you and Gloria here. Definitely. So.
0: Well, that'll do it for this episode so until next time cheers thanks for listening to the texas wine lover podcast if you would like to read the show notes and see the photos included in a larger size check out the blog post at texaswinelover.com be sure to check out our archive section on the website for previous podcasts you can also find us on facebook at facebook.com txwinelover plus we are also on twitter Please subscribe to the podcast either on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Join us next time for another episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast.